0: Thursday, they are meeting either here or somewhere else to um, go out on the streets and share the good news. And if you've never done it yourself before, it's really good to go with someone who knows what they're doing and have done it before. And it's catching, hallelujah! So I encourage you. I've I've been out with them myself because I believe that if we're not leading by example, you know, what are we what are we doing? But we need to. We need to recognise that this is a divine invitation right now. As we've been praying for a move of the Holy Spirit, as I read that word from 2009, I believe the awakening began. And it has begun. And we're seeing it. The momentum start to grow and to grow and to grow. But we we need to, as we say yes, amen, to a billion-soul harvest, we also need to be willing To have some changes happen in our culture, hallelujah, in our Christian culture, in our thinking, hallelujah. If we want to see rapid and marvelous growth for the kingdom of God, we've got to be willing uh, to see some shifts and some growth happen in us, hallelujah, as individuals. So it's so exciting what the Lord's doing, amen. Are you happy? Well, I'm not going to share a long word tonight, but I really did feel um, the Holy Spirit wanting to minister to people earlier. And that word about a new season, a season of refreshing, I believe is, is an invitation to many of us that I, as many of you have gone through what has been a dry, uh, a dry season, God wants to bring his rain and he wants to refresh you. But it begins with you making a choice. I've been reading um, the book of Matthew recently, spending time in Matthew 5 and Matthew 7. And in Matthew 7, it talks about um, asking, seeking, knocking. I just wonder if you'd turn there with me. Matthew chapter 7, verse 7. Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and he who seeks finds. And to him who knocks, it will be opened. Or what man is there among you, if his son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will he give him a serpent? If then, you then being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father who's in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? Therefore, whatever you want men to do, do also to them, for this is the law and the prophets. Jesus was teaching and he was saying, ask, seek, knock, because I know how to give good gifts and I want to give them to you. Hallelujah. But sometimes we forget, we say, I want that, I want that, I want that. But we forget that the Lord's asking us to come and ask, to seek, to knock, Sometimes, though, when we ask, God, what's this about? Talk to me. And if you don't hear something within the first two seconds, we say, I can't hear the voice of God. Um, If you've ever knocked on someone's door, there is a, a, a moment, a few moments that you have to wait until they come and they open the door, right? I believe that God is inviting us to start setting our face like flint to say, God, I want, I want more of you. I want to know you more than I've ever known you before. I want to receive more of your love and to, to not stop asking until we receive. Hallelujah. Welcome home, David and Rena. I just saw you up the back. They've been in England. Nice to have you home. Boy, give them a hand. You were missed snuck in hallelujah I was talking to someone earlier saying I think they might be home today hallelujah you know ask seek knock these these um these words are things that sometimes we think relate only to people who don't yet know Jesus but he said the same things Jesus said the same things in the book of Revelation and he was speaking to the churches This isn't just for people who don't know Jesus. This is for you and for me. The Holy Spirit saying, I want to give, the Father wants to give you good gifts. What do you want to ask for? What are you seeking? What are you knocking at the door of heaven for? God is looking and waiting for you just to come and ask. Come to begin to position yourself and say, yes, God, yes, God. I remember how desperately I recognized my need. Um, years ago, I was uh, at a full gospel business meeting, and I was just I was brought in to sing an item back in the days when people sang items. Does anyone remember what I'm talking about? A song with a backing tape when they, you know, tapes. they were like cassette tapes. So <laughs> it's yes, all right. Um, you can look it up on Google. <laughs> But I heard of a fellow talking about his encounters in the mornings with the Lord and how he had just set his face like flint to know the love of Christ that passes knowledge. And he'd begun to pray that prayer that I talk about all the time in Ephesians chapter three, knowing the love of Christ that passes knowledge that we would be filled up to overflowing with all his fullness, that we'd experience and know truly Christ dwelling in our hearts through faith. And And I I heard him and I heard the encounters he was having in the morning as he would set time aside to pray this prayer and to seek the face of God. And he was having encounters with angels would come and minister to him as, as he was worshipping the Lord. And I thought, wow, I want that. I want. Suddenly I recognised I had a desire in my heart. God gives us those desires, you know, and he waits for us to respond but if we just go, oh, yeah, that'd be nice. I wish that would happen to me. We miss out when God's saying, I have put this in there. Now, come seek. Seek and you will find. Ask and keep on asking, knock and keep on knocking, and the door will be open to you. If you will keep looking, you will keep finding. And so I just decided, right, I'm going to do that. For three months, I'm going to pray that prayer every day. For three months, I personalised it. I I wrote it out and I recorded it on a cassette tape, and I'd put it in my car and I'd I'd listen to it and I'd pray it and I'd get it beside my bed on my knees every day for three months. I was desperately determined, I'm going to get this. But you see, I asked with an attitude of faith, believing that the Bible said that whatever I ask according to His will, I can have. And it was obviously clearly the will of God for me to know His love because it was a prayer written for all the saints, So I I just began to pray, God, I want to know this. I want to know what it really means to have Christ dwelling in my heart through faith. I want to know what it looks like to experience this love that casts out all fear that takes out every trace of rejection and abandonment. I want to know this love that passes knowledge. I want to be rooted and grounded in it so that my all of my security is not founded in what other people think of me, but in what you think about me. I recognised enough to know that how insecure I was and how desperately I needed that. I need that. But... I I persevered. I went, God, I'm I'm not going to let you go until you give it to me. And then as I began to taste of his love, I realised it's not something you get and move on from. It's something that you can continually receive. And so I've prayed it ever since. But there is a key for those who would set their face like Flint to ask and keep on asking, to knock and keep on knocking. To, to seek until they find. You know, I want to ask you today, what are you asking God for? On Tuesday nights, we pray every Tuesday and we pray for somebody that we don't know, or somebody that we, we want to see get saved. And I've been praying for a couple of people for a year or so. And I've been watching as the Lord's begun to move on their hearts. Hallelujah. Hasn't been instant, but I've watched significant shifts happen in their attitudes. Uh, And if we would learn the, the joy of asking with a faith that I am going to receive, then the Holy Spirit will encourage you. He'll help you to begin to open your heart and receive what He wants to give you. No, it says, whoever asks, receives. That's a promise. So we need to be asking, not with a, well, I hope hope something happens. I'm going to ask. Why didn't it happen yet? But asking with a faith, I'm going to receive. What does it look like to ask with an expectation you're going to get it? Not just a hope, I hope this works. I hope it's true. But an absolute assurance, God, you said, whoever asks, receives. Whoever seeks, finds. Well, it begs the question then, what are you going to seek? Do you believe the word where it says, if you seek, you will find? It was a question. Do you believe if you seek, you will find? Then what are you seeking? Are you seeking anything? or are you just in survival mode a lot of people are just so busy with their lives that we're just in survival mode and we've we've not taken time to stop and begin to think what is my spirit seeking i can feel us on the precipice of a glorious Move of the Holy Spirit. I can feel the refreshing of the Holy Spirit uh, being poured out already. On Friday night, we would have worshipped probably for two hours and we just didn't want to stop because the presence of the Holy Spirit was moving with so much power. And I was watching people get delivered from amazing things and I heard some beautiful testimonies afterwards. But there is something that happens when you determine not just to... Have enough to keep you going, but to seek until you find. God wants to help you. He knows what you walk through in your day-to-day life. Uh, when you're having a, a, you know, circumstances come at you day after day after day, he understands, but he wants to be your helper. But it begins with you helping yourself and opening up the bible sitting down saying i'm going today to write something in my journal yeah. i've found myself that if i go a few weeks and i don't write in it then i find while i'm still reading the book and i'm still praying my the quality of my my time with the lord is not as rich because there's something that happens when i am recording what he is saying to me yeah. i'm stewarding what he's saying to me i'm not just you know Grabbing, a few, you know, the breath of air that God wants to pour into my spirit, I'm actually stewarding what He's saying, and I'm, and and, and God is looking for us to create a discipline in our own lives where we will begin. opening up the Word of God, opening up our journals, begin to ask Him, Lord, speak to me. I want to worship you. I want to bless you today. To begin our days with thanksgiving and say, yes, God, you're so kind. I love you. You know, being disciplined not to think, oh, well, I hope I get something good today. I hope worship's good today. But to wake up in the morning and say, right, thank you, Lord, for today. This is the day you've made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. I'm to spend this first five minutes just giving you thanks. I'm going to thank you today. Whatever state you're in, if you begin with thanks, you'll find it begins to lead into intercession. I find that as I spend my five minutes giving thanks, then I find myself 10, 15 minutes later still praying for this one and that one. And and it's wonderful. And I haven't even, you know, begun my formal time with the Lord. I'm just waking up. That it's a beautiful way to live if we will make a choice, hallelujah, to say, God, I'm seeking until I find. I'm going to ask and I'm going to knock. We knock, we ask, we seek by, by deliberately positioning ourselves in the presence of the Holy Spirit to hear His voice. When you wake up in the morning and you start with thanksgiving, the Bible says we enter His gates with thanksgiving in our hearts. We enter his courts with praise. And in his gates, in his presence, in his light, we see light. And it's the most wonderful way to begin your day. As you begin to thank him, thank you, Father, that I've been set free. Oh, thank you for freedom. As I think about what that freedom looks like, I remember. I remember how you've made me free from myself. You've set me free from fear and condemnation and shame. You've forgiven me of my sin. Hallelujah. And as I I begin to give him thanks for, for setting me free, then I feel empowered to be able to set others free. He says, Forgive your debtors. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. And I'm able to go, Oh God, you've forgiven me. Thank you for setting me free. Thank you for your love for me. Thank you for your great grace. God, is there anyone that you want me to set free? Is there anyone that I've been holding a debt, uh, holding on to someone's debt that I've? felt that they've owed me an apology or I felt that they've owed me something. Lord, I thank you. And it just becomes an overwhelming overflow that I'm able to then to release others of their expectations that I've had on them or of the the things that I've felt that they needed to apologize or acknowledge. I spoke a little bit about this on Friday night, but so often we think well I could forgive them if they could just acknowledge what they did was wrong then I could let it go well no I've actually forgiven them you know of course but you know I can't just let it go and forget about it because you know if I if I do that then where's the justice going to come but the Bible says forgive as the Lord forgave you he tells the story of the um of the servants that was brought in and couldn't pay his massive debt and the, the master had mercy. He had pity on him and he just, he said, don't worry about it. You're forgiven. Completely wipe the debt. But then he went out and he found another servant and said, you pay me what you owe me. And he owed a fraction of what that guy had owed. And he wouldn't let it go. And then the the other servants heard about it, went to the master, and the master was so angry that he said, "Right, as you've uh, just as you've done it to him, I'm going to do it to you. And if you if you aren't going to forgive him, then I'm going to put you in prison, and you're going to have to pay back everything that you owe." And in the same way, the scripture tells us that if we don't forgive, then we won't be forgiven. But these sort of messages become not tall orders but simply freedom when we begin to enter his gates for thanksgiving because as we remember what's happened for us as we remember that what we've been forgiven then letting other people go letting those that have uh, wronged us go becomes an easy overflow forgive us the Lord forgave you he tells us and And then a study of how he forgave us is quite an amazing thing. You look at Jesus on the cross. They didn't say, oh, we shouldn't be doing that to him. (laughs) But he still said, Lord, forgive them. Stephen, being stoned, forgave the people who were stoning him. And they didn't ask for him to forgive him. In fact, they kept stoning him. But he gave it without them even asking the woman caught in adultery. Jesus just forgave her before she said anything, before she owned up to it, before she did anything. He just offered forgiveness. And this is the way the Lord forgives. But when the way we forgive is, well, I could do that if, you know, if we sort it out. I remember as a young woman, I, I had some, I had real issues with my mum. And I, I had so much trouble trying to forgive her for a whole list of things, not... not not all awful, but it was just my issues. And I remember I wrote it all down one day because it was so bothering my heart. I wrote everything down that I held against her. And, I you know, I forgive you for this and 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 then page, 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 and this and this and this and this and this and this. Because I thought that getting it off my chest and telling her what she had done wrong would make me feel better. And you know what? You shouldn't. If you write a list like that, don't send it. That's what I did. (laughs) So that was very bad. Praise the Lord. My mother then had a lot to forgive me for. Bless God. (laughs) And I thought I'd feel better because I got it off my chest. And here, I forgive you for all of this all of this, I forgive you, because I thought if I could get an acknowledgement, then I'd feel better. But you see, true forgiveness is not about you getting an acknowledgement, it's you being able to forgive debts like your father's forgiven yours. The, the debt that we feel people owe us sometimes of, you need to give me an apology, you need to own up to what you did. It's not, that isn't your answer. Your answer is remembering what's happened for you. Entering into the joy of his salvation. Remembering you've been set free from yourself, that you died and that you've been raised up with him. Hallelujah. And that now because of the great debt that he's forgiven you, you and as he is, so are you in this world. You now have power to forgive debts. And every debt that I can identify is my opportunity to be like Jesus. So every time I have a memory about something someone did to me, instead of feeling that I need to to make them apologize, I have the opportunity to realize, wow, that's a debt. I feel like they owe me an apology. So God, I forgive that debt. Hallelujah. God is looking for us to take joy in move, in moving like him, in being like him. Hallelujah. To be uh, as he is in this world is not just an identity, it's an opportunity and a privilege. God's looking for us to look for opportunities, to show mercy. I shared this... Um, One scripture on Friday night, and I want to just close with this before we take communion together. Hallelujah. Colossians, chapter 3, verse 12, says this, Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, Clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other and forgive whatever grievances you may have against one another. Forgive as the Lord forgave you, and over all these virtues put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. Let the peace of Christ rule in your heart, since as members of one body you are called to peace, and be thankful. Let the Word of Christ dwell in you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom and as you sing psalms, hymns and spiritual songs with gratitude in your hearts to God. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through Him. Actually, if you read the whole chapter, he talks about putting off slander and malice and lust and lying and anger. And putting on all of these things. What he's saying is that now as new creations, you no longer need to wear the burden of unforgiveness and the burden of anger and the burden of lust and the burden of sin. Put it off, reject it, because you have power now to do that. Hallelujah. And instead, embrace what has been given to you. Actively lay hold of it and say, thank you, Father, When we put it on, it's not external to us. What it is, it's us remembering what we have and activating it. I've been given all things pertaining to life and godliness, but if I don't activate it by faith, then I don't see it manifested. All his promises are yes and amen to me, but unless I grab it by faith, unless I'm the just who lives by faith, actively placing faith in what's happened and using that faith to, to pick it up and manifest it through my life, then it, faith without works is dead. I need to be somebody who, by faith, says, Thank you, Lord. You are kind, therefore I am kind, because as you are, so am I in this world. So thank you, Lord. I I, I access, I put on that kindness, God. I thank you. Yes, God, it's already part of my wardrobe. You've already given it to me. I don't have to pay a price and try to become kind. You've already done that. So, Father, I I choose today today. To utilize that gift that you've given me. I, I choose today to put it on in deliberate, uh, by faith, to wear it today. Your kindness, that your, your name might be lifted up. I choose today to wear as a garment your compassion, your humility, your gentleness, your patience. I choose today to manifest you by forgiving whatever grievances I have against anybody and let it go, like the Disney princess, let it go, let it go. God's looking for you to, to live a life of letting go of what doesn't edify you and letting peace reign in your heart. With thanksgiving, you were called to peace. You were called to Freedom. Peace, joy, freedom, the, ri- the righteousness of God has enables us and empowers us to live in a place of peace and joy. Why would we sell out by holding on to that which is ugly and heavy and not what we were called to carry? When we live with anxiety and worry and stress and negativity, What we're doing is we're wearing a wardrobe that doesn't belong to us and just doesn't fit and doesn't suit us. God's saying, no, no, I've given you clean garments. This is what they look like. They're beautiful. Put them on. Decorate yourself with the beauty of Christ. Hallelujah. That you might be able to wear what he's given you and deliberately have it. What would it look like if you were to wake up in the morning and decide, today God, I choose to spend this first five minutes just giving you thanks. Today, Lord, I choose to put on kindness and gentleness. I choose today to put on your compassion. I choose today to be like Christ and to bear with one another, to forgive any grievances. I thank you, Lord, that I keep no record of wrongs because that's who you are. You are love. Love keeps no record of wrongs. Therefore, I don't either. Hallelujah. And when the thoughts come and and the memories come or the, the person is in your face... You get to say, thank you, Jesus, that it's my privilege to be like you today. Thank you, God, that you're showing me again this debt that I've been allowed to forgive. We don't bring it up. You know, if, you, if he who brings up a matter separates close friends, it says in the book of Proverbs. But if instead we learn to forgive like Christ forgives... We wouldn't keep bringing things up. We wouldn't repeat it. We wouldn't hold on to it and use it as the ace up our sleeve. If you've got any of these up your sleeve, they're not going to help you. What they're doing is slowly poisoning your own heart. God's looking for us just to let it go. To, to let it go and let God come in and fill your heart. And as you let it go, replace it with what is pure and lovely and of a good report. Sometimes when we let things go, we, we then just don't know what we're supposed to do. But if we let it go and trust God, God then doesn't want us to be still thinking about the issue and the matter. He wants us to begin to refocus and we can do that through thanksgiving. We can do that by going, okay, thank you, God, I let that go. You see somebody, you hear something about somebody that's hurt you. Oh, that's painful. Oh, God, thank you, it's a debt. I let it go. And I choose right now to think of what's pure and lovely. Oh, God, you forgave me of all of my sin. You don't hold any record of wrong against me. You look at me and you love me, God, and you've given me power now to love like you love Wow, thank you, Jesus. And then next time you have to face that person, next time the memory comes up, instead of it being painful, you can rejoice. I never quite understood that scripture, rejoice when people say all kinds of evil things and they do stuff. I'm like, I don't get that. Like, it's hard, God. But when you do this, when you you recognise it as an opportunity to be like him and you deliberately turn and come back into thanksgiving and remember the great debt that you've been forgiven, then you can rejoice when people do things because it's simply your opportunity to be the aroma of Christ to them. Hallelujah to manifest his love. And even if they never know that you've forgiven because you, you, you don't see them or whatever it is, your capacity to be able to forgive and to bless and to, to worship God instead sets you free and allows you then to be at, begin to dream the dreams of God, it takes you out of the holding pattern, out of survival mode and into the place where you can again begin to seek What is my spirit longing for? What am I seeking? I believe the Holy Spirit wants to awaken us as a people to begin to seek him for a move of God in our city. For a move of God in our nation. But that's only going to come through a free people. A people who aren't bogged down with their own issues with the cares of life we need to let the cares go. Hallelujah. We need to cast it off and cling hold of him and say, yes, God, I choose to enter into your courts with thanksgiving in my heart. I'm going to live a lifestyle of thanksgiving. I'm going to remember that I'm free and I'm going to stand in that freedom and in that place. Then I start to access again the mind of Christ. I begin to think instead of like a survivor, I begin to think like a king and a priest, someone who's called to rule and reign in this nation, called to rule and reign in our spheres and begin to think differently, begin to to recognise that I'm not just having my little life and getting through it, but I'm called to see the the kingdom of God manifested on earth as it is in heaven. Amen.